number 105. We Cannot Hate Our Way to Love, Part 2. I'll begin with a couple of quotes from one of my personal heroes, Mahatma Gandhi. The idea of nonviolence just blows my mind. This insistence on meeting violence with passive resistance. Gandhi was able to find it in himself and his fellows find it in themselves to stand against the British Raj and bring it to its knees without, without violence. It, it, it just, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I'm still looking for that place within myself. The first quote I'll read is from Gandhi's An Autobiography or The Story of My Experiments with Truth. There's an honest title for you. And this is taken from chapter 85, A Tussle with Power. Hate the sin and not the sinner is a precept which, though easy enough to understand, is rarely practiced, and that is why the poison of hatred spreads in the world. Man and his deed are two distinct things. It is quite proper to resist and attack a system, but to resist and attack its author is tantamount to resisting and attacking oneself. For we are all tarred with the same brush and are children of one and the same Creator, and as such the divine powers within us are infinite. To slight a single human being is to slight those divine powers, and thus to harm not only that being, but with him, the whole world. And another brief quote from Mahatma Gandhi, Source Unknown. Nonviolence is not a garment to be put on and off at will. Its seat is in the heart, and it must be an inseparable part of our being. Nonviolence, the Sanskrit word is ahimsa. Ahimsa means to strike. And when you add an A to the beginning, ahimsa means not to strike, not to perpetrate violence upon. And one of the best descriptions I've ever heard, uh, because of its absolute simplicity, is from Buddhist thought. And it states something to the effect that nonviolence does not mean we allow the mosquito to drink our blood. Rather, it means we do what we must do and slap the mosquito, but we do it without a sense of glee. That is such a fine distinction and a, a way for myself to make this distinction that uh, Gandhi discusses here that uh, to separate man and his deed, to separate the human from the thing that the human does, and to be identified with the humanness of myself rather than that action, to not get carried away in the idea that I must kill all the world's mosquitoes, but rather to live in the truth that 
I am worthy of life. I am worthy of love. I am worthy of being cared for. And this is how I'm caring for myself in this moment. So that it becomes an opportunity to care for rather than to fight against. I was told that Mother Teresa, during the time of the Vietnam War, attended no anti-war rallies. But she was in attendance at many rallies for peace. All of this because we cannot hate our way to love. We can't kill our way to safety. We cannot separate ourselves from an experience of wholeness. Life is one thing. In Vedantic terms, consciousness is one thing. And each of us is a part of this one thing. And each of us owes it to life, to consciousness, to support life, consciousness, in all ways, at all times. Our people, our country, the world, we must begin to heal. Regardless of the violence, the cruelty, or the perceived stupidity of those we would deem as other, the part of me that wants to find and identify other always will have a target. I will always be able to find other. One of the things I have to look at is that most of the times I define other is because it has something to do with the fact that that group is defining me or those I love as other. You can see that no good will come from that configuration. Even though very few of us listening to this podcast or speaking this podcast will engage in physical violence or only very, very rarely, every thought we entertain of separation and judgment and hatred adds to the mix of the whole of consciousness, lending permission to those who would seek to harm others. This is where we have to begin. If I can't love my brother, I can at least remind myself that God loves him in spite of his politics. If I can't speak well of my sister, I can at least keep myself from speaking ill of her. If the policies of those in power cause my heart to be heavy, then I must find a way for my voice to be heard in support of those policies that bring my heart peace. When I was a kid in high school, I played football, eight-man football, Park City, Montana. With small-town football, you play both offense and defense. And my favorite was always defense because I had a really clear assignment, which was whoever's got the ball, stop them. Something that I just did naturally that I believe was the one good thing I did as that linebacker I was is that I never got engaged or involved with the person who was trying to block me. 
My attention was on the ball. My attention was getting to the ball rather than getting involved with this person who wanted to stop me. It's beside the point. What I want to do is to get over there. What I want to do is to become one with that over there. To engage in tit for tat, in punishing you for punishing me, in all of us hating them for hating us, is so beside the point and never will lead to an experience of peace that we so desperately need at this moment. All these factors in our world are telling us that our problem is over there. But you know what happens when we see our problem over there? Nothing gets done about global warming, about climate change. Nothing gets done about the corporations taking more and more and more from the people who work for them and offering less and less to those people and to the world at large. We're being taught to fight each other in order not to pay attention to what's going on. I'm not saying we all need to rise up, workers of the world unite. But we should become aware of what's going on here and stop seeing each other as the enemy. Regardless of what your politics are, I am not your enemy. Regardless of what your religion might be, I am not your enemy. I support the values of religious freedom and equality. I support the values set forth in our Constitution of freedom of speech, freedom of belief, separation of church and state. I believe your ideas, your opinions, your needs are every bit as important as mine. Not more important than mine. Not such that your needs trump my own, but that we find a way through this together. One of us, many of us, again and again must find our way of setting down the, the sword and the shield of at least giving ourselves the opportunity to love rather than to sit in judgment of each other of letting that flash of cortisol and adrenaline flow through the system without taking it seriously and without taking the actions of that one over there personally. We are all doing the very best that we can. And again, this doesn't mean letting people run roughshod over us, but it also doesn't mean taking out those people who might want to do that. It means standing up and going, no, no, <laughs> no, not today. Let's have a conversation. No? Okay, but no, you're not going to run over me. No. No, and you're not going to run over my friend, my neighbor, my sisters and brothers. Let's have a conversation. 
Violence is not an answer that we may employ ever. In this, we have to stand together. The hatred has to stop. It stops with me now. And if it stops with me, it might become easier for it to stop with my neighbor as well. And uh, let me just close by saying, Mahatma Gandhi, the absolute epitome of nonviolence, his quote-unquote Bible, the teaching he used to help guide himself through all the extraordinary challenges that were a part of his life, that teaching is the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita itself is the story of Arjuna, the greatest warrior of that time, 5,000 years ago, finding himself unable to, unwilling to fight for what was right because on the other side of the battlefield were people that he loved, was a brother, uncles, the people who had taught them how to be men, how to be royalty, how to be warriors. And then his cousin, Krishna, telling him in every way imaginable why he must fight, why he must take lives, why he must perform his duty. And how if he didn't, he would become the, the Judas of his time. He would become the example of wrong behavior, of wrong-headed thinking, of doing the wrong thing because of seemingly right reasons. Krishna was an avatar, an expression of an embodiment of the divine, of the god Vishnu, the maintenance operator function in Hindu pantheon, Hindu mythology. God himself telling Arjuna why he must fight. This is where Gandhi took his comfort, where he found guidance, where he found peace for what he was doing, this insistence on nonviolence and his insistence on standing for the truth. Today, when I find thoughts of hatred or animosity arising within me, for myself or others, I will ask for support from that power that is greater than I am, to put my mind on what is right about my world rather than what is wrong about my world. And I will open myself to discovering in this next moment how I might step forward toward another rather than step backward and defend myself against. We cannot hate our way to love. We cannot kill our way to peace. We cannot separate our way to wholeness. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. Links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.